All right, so there's a lot going on in, in this text. Uh, a lot of us, maybe we, we look at verses 12 through uh, 26, where we're, we're at this morning, we think, okay, well, they, they spent some time in prayer and they, they chose Matthias to replace Judas. Uh, if, if you don't know, or maybe just a little bit of a recap, Judas was uh, chosen by Jesus to be one of his apostles, one of the twelve, um, and then he betrayed Jesus, and then we're going to see that his office needed uh, to be replaced. Someone needed to step in and, and fill these shoes. And it becomes an interesting topic as you study about whether or not Matthias or Paul, things that you maybe haven't even considered, was, was Paul actually the chosen apostle and Peter jumped the gun and chose Matthias? So there's, there's open-handedness within our church, right? In, in certain areas, there's things like the gospel where there's no open-handedness. If you deny the gospel, then you're not a believer. There's one true gospel, and that's that we're all sinners. Jesus died, paid the price. By faith in Christ and repenting and believing, you'll be saved. We don't talk about anything outside of that. It's another gospel. But when we come across things like this, you get guys like Pastor Gary, and there's, there's beauty, right? That, that we can disagree on some of these issues. And guys like Pastor Gary can be wrong. Mm. Church, you're going to get some like fun, maybe a, a little annoyed with us this morning, but we've been having a good time all week. So some people will look and say, Peter jumped the gun. And the case can be made that Peter was someone who, who oftentimes he rebuked Jesus, he denied Jesus, uh, he, he cut the, the ear off the, the soldier, and he jumps the gun, he acts impulsively. But I would contend that Peter was very much in line with the will of God this morning. So it's okay to be wrong in certain areas, Pastor, um, but we're going to see what God's Word has to say for us this morning. And the good news is, is even when we jump the gun, even when we're seeking God's will and maybe we make the wrong decision, right, whether we should go left or maybe uh, we went left and God really wanted us to go right, God's going to get us there. It's just we go left and we realize we were wrong and then we have to get back right. What I'm trying to say is that God is sovereign and His plan will come to pass. It'll happen. And we see that. If Matthias was wrongly chosen, it did not hinder the gospel. The gospel pushed on. And because of the gospel, because of the good news, we're here today. We're here to praise Jesus because of this good news. And the main point is not that Matthias was chosen rightly to replace Judas, though he was. The main point for us this morning as we look at this text is that God's people are devoted to God's will. All you note takers, get your journals out. And God's people are devoted to to God's will. Now, any decision we have to make in our life, we should go to God about it. We should be seeking God's will in, in literally everything, but we begin to, to create this idea that, that we don't, in fact, need God to, to kind of dictate or navigate the way that we make a decision, whether it be about our job, our family, or even go so as, as small to say, it doesn't matter what kind of car I get, it doesn't glorify God, but to some of you men, I would say that you should get trucks for other men like me who don't want trucks so that you can help me move furniture, right? I think that if you prayed about it, maybe God would open your heart and say, I would be most glorified if you got an F-150, right? If you're a Chevy guy, I don't care. It's your car payment. Get what you want. Help me move furniture, right? But even little things like that, how can we use our vehicles? How can we use every bit of our life, our time, our efforts, our prayers to glorify God and see His will come into existence? 
And what we see as, as we progress through this text, the whole idea of God's people being devoted to God's will, which we should be. There's no other way of living. There's no other way of thinking as true believers. We should want God's will to happen. Our will would only show the destruction that lies within our depravity. But God's people are devoted to God's will through prayer, proclamation, and the process. Those are three points for us this morning. Prayer, proclamation, and process. All pushing home that God's people are devoted to God's will. First point is prayer. Oftentimes we, we see, and it's no surprise that God makes uh, an example of marriage between our relationship with Him. That we are the bride of Christ. And a lot of times we'll hear this, and, and maybe it'll sound like I'm beating the horse dead this morning, but that's okay. I think we need to hear it again. We need to communicate with God just like a husband needs to communicate with his wife and vice versa. That God has already communicated with us. It's all here, right? And we'll get to that in, in point number two. But we need to be praying to God. We need to be talking to God. And maybe you're here today and you're like, well, I'm married and we're pretty good with no communication. I would say that's not God's will for your life. God wants you all to talk and communicate with one another so that you could best understand one another, be on the same page with one another, and glorify God with one another. It's very important that we, we begin to communicate with God. As we look here, it says they return to Jerusalem. Jesus says they hang out in Jerusalem, right? Sabbath day journey. It says in verse 13, and, they, and when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. It gives us a list of, of all the people, all the apostles. They're there. It gives us this, this list, right? And then it says in verse 14, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to what? We like to talk out loud here. We're devoting themselves to what? Prayer. You can talk out loud. Just don't ask me a question. I might like get flustered, right? So, you can send those into our website. We'll answer your questions that way. But they were devoting themselves to prayer. And it wasn't just one prayer warrior where it's like, hey, you know, uh, Charlie, I need you to go into the upper room and, and you can pray for us and we'll just hope that you pray the heavens down because, you know, like you're our prayer guy around here. Every believer should be praying to God. And, and not just, oh, I, I've got to pray. You get to pray. Like, the, we don't have to go through a priest to communicate with God. God was getting ready to send His Holy Spirit to His people, which we now receive at salvation. We're then at salvation the moment you are born again, you uh, repent and believe in the good news, you were given the Holy Spirit. And therefore, we can communicate. We're back in communion with a loving Father who sent the Son to die for His people. And that's good news for us. And we've been given access to the Father. That we can talk to Him. That even in a year where we can feel isolated and separated from one another, we were never alone. It wasn't God's will for us to be apart. God doesn't desire that His people be apart from one another. We're told not to forsake the assembly, the gathering. But we can very much, at all times, be with God. And indeed, church, we are. We should pray. And we should pray with one another. We should pray for one another. And praying that God's will would be done. The importance of prayers is very important to understand. 
We should grasp that this morning. The importance of prayer, communication with the Holy God. You look at Jesus' prayer life. He oftentimes would retreat and go to a desolate place or go up to the mountaintop. Let me give you a little bit of insight. If you've ever wondered why we're named New Hill Church, it's not because it's the most hip and trendy thing we could ever come up with. It's because we see the importance of retreating. And we want New Hill to be the hill that His people can come to and commune with Him. To personally engage in their relationship with God the Father. So it's not some hip and trendy thing, though our sending church said if you could go with the NH theme, that'd be cool. So we're like, New Hope, no, there's a lot of those. New Hill. What would we do on a hill? Wow, look how personal it was what Jesus did on the hill. And we too should be personal with our relationship with God through our prayer life. Matthew 6, verses 5 and 6, Jesus teaches us how to pray. And I think it's so important for us this morning to know that you don't have to be the prayer warrior. You don't have to be the one who like, man, like you're like in that circle and like it gets halfway through and you get to the one guy who's like killing it. Like he's like using big words and like things you've never heard of, maybe even making some sounds and you're like, what's going on there? I can't do that. So then it gets around to you and you're like, I'm not praying. And you just hope it goes to the next person. You're like, I can't do it. Look, prayer is just communicating with God. And Jesus talks about this, that, that we shouldn't be worried about what people think about us in our prayer. It's talking with God. Matthew 6, verses 5 and 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Prayer is important, but prayer is not this idea that you have to go out and you have to have this massive, long, and, and uh, lustrous prayer, right? Just like it, it's, it's phenomenal. It looks good. It's kind of like sexy. It's like, man, I wish I had that gifting. Everybody can talk to God. Everybody should be communicating with God. Now, if you're one of the people who goes out and you've got that prayer that's like, I want him to pray for me every night, right? Like that, that guy or that girl, that brother or sister in Christ, they can pray the heavens down. That's okay. But just because some people have this gift and, and it looks great doesn't mean that you have to talk like that. But you should be talking. You should be communicating with God. And if we're all honest, this is the one thing like we confess to each other a lot. Yeah, my prayer life could be better. Just do it. You don't have to be in church to pray. You don't have to go through any of the pastors here to pray. You can be laying in bed. You can fall asleep praying, right? Don't wake up in the morning feeling bad. Probably best we stop praying, right? Like we just keep on going. But pray. Communicate with God so that God can be glorified and we would be devoted to His will, praying that His will would be done. And for them here at this moment, in this verse 14, they're probably praying for the Holy Spirit to come. That's all Jesus said. Right? I'm going to send you the Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem. Guys, what do we have to do? I guess we've got to pray for the Spirit. So they're doing this. They're praying. But it's not just praying. We don't just pray for God's will to be done and just hope that it happens. We also proclaim. Verse 2. Point number 2. Proclamation. Now this is devotion to God's Word. A lot of times we want God to be audible and in our ear. And maybe you've had that experience. I don't know. 
But I can tell you for sure one thing is evident to me in my life, in my experience, that God didn't say, go plant a church in Medina, Ohio. I was working in a warehouse. We would visit Aubrey's family that was up here in Northeast Ohio. And I was like, man, I just feel like this sense that like, there's a lot of darkness. And I don't know what it is, Aubrey, but like, I feel like God's pulling us that way. So I wasn't like, God, give me a sign. I opened up the Word of God where He's revealed His plan for His people. And I started reading through Acts and I was a part of a church plant and I was like, man, God is planting churches and He's planting churches that are supposed to plant churches. He's he's saving people, making them disciples and telling them to make disciples. It doesn't seem that difficult, but as as our hearts begin to, to feel this burden put on us, that there were lost people in Northeast Ohio, and there's lost people back where I'm from in West Virginia. They need the gospel. But God laid the burden on our heart, and as we turned to His Word, as we proclaimed His Word, we were like, we need to go. We need to be faithful. And we should desire to be faithful to God and His Word. And here, that's exactly what Peter was doing. It says in verse 15, In those days Peter stood up among the brothers, the company of persons in all about 120. And what's he telling him? He says, brothers, the Scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in the ministry. Then he goes on and he kills himself. You find out and you can read all about the, the goodness of that and his bowels gushing out. We'll jump down to verse 20. What does he do? Peter reads to them from God's Word. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it. And let another take his office. They were devoted to God's Word. Like Peter, Peter turns to God's Word, not that it was like some later revelation, oh, I can, I can get that. He turns to the Psalms there in the moment of confusion when they were probably wondering, what happened to Judas? Did we drink from the same water as that guy? This guy has lost it. Are you going to lose it now too? James, you, John? Not me, I'm Peter. I don't deny Jesus. Something had, to, had been in his water. But no, he says, this is a part of God's will. This was a part of God's plan all along. And they weren't getting it from an audible voice. They were told to wait in Jerusalem. And Peter opens up God's Word and reads from it. And he says, guys, this had to happen. It had to be fulfilled. The Scripture had to be filled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas. We should be people of prayer and people of proclamation. God's Word. Reading it and delivering it to one another. Loving it and cherishing it because it is for our good and for God's glory. We see in, in first, or 2 Timothy chapter 3, you don't need to turn there, you can. You can write it down for notes to look at later. The importance of Scripture is evident. And that's, it's important to talk about this morning because there are many churches, even within our own town, that could care less about what Scripture has to say. And even pick and choose out of it what Scripture should say. Well, I don't like that Scripture says that. So I'm just going to ignore that part. Church, it's difficult for me when it convicts me and tells me that I have to change. I don't want to be the one that has to change. I just want to tell the world how they need to change. But it says this in 2 Timothy 
all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, Paul is writing to Timothy a lot about pastoral instruction, but here, sisters, hear me out. This is for you too. That the Word of God is for you. That you may be complete and equipped for the work of ministry. That it would help you. That through it, us brothers and sisters, our church family could teach one another. It's, it's profitable for reproof, for correction. That our correction, our rebuke of one another is not based off of our own doing or our own merit or our own understanding, but from God's Word. So, when we have to correct somebody for being wrong on, you know, hey, Matthias is the chosen apostle. Let me just see that. See that. We can go to God's Word. Joking aside, we can go to God's Word. We can say, hey, I have to do that too. This isn't a, an unfair advantage that I have and I'm laying this on you. Anything that Scripture says that I'm not doing, I must change. So when we want to know God's will, when we want to know what we ought to do, we pray to Him, but we also read His Word. We don't have to like sit there and like, God, answer me loud and clear when we've never even opened the Bible, which is God's very Word. Given for us and profitable. So many things. And Peter turns their eyes and their attention to the fact that these things had to happen. These things had to happen. And now we've got to take action because what does it say in verse 20? Let another take his office. So then they turn, turn to trust this process. Point number three. They're trusting in God's process. That God is sovereign. That He has a plan. And part of His plan was that another would take His office. Now whether or not you agree that they jumped the gun or not, the Gospel continued on. And you look at their understanding, and it wasn't a worldly understanding. It was a good understanding. It was a godly understanding. It was the desire to see the will of God before their very eyes. So one of the men, in verse 21, he, Peter gives us some qualifications here. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when He was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to His resurrection. They had to have been there. They had to have seen this. They had to have seen the baptism of Jesus. He's laying down what they are looking for in this office of apostleship. But the goal wasn't simply to fill an office. The goal wasn't, hey, we need another buddy. Hey, you look, you look like you fit the position. What does it say? One of these men must become with us a witness to His resurrection. Their goal, what they knew, what had been revealed to them, was that the Gospel was continuing on and the Helper was coming and they were going to be witnesses of this resurrection. They were eyewitnesses of the resurrection. And what Peter says is, we need someone to be a witness with us. Now this even goes into the importance of this to Peter and to the other apostles. 
will kind of come on your view of end times and, and whatnot. And this is why it becomes a little bit more open-handed. As they understood the, the apostles to represent the twelve tribes of Israel. But then to restore Israel, which God was going to begin to do at the coming of the Holy Spirit, if you believe this, right? And this is a good understanding. It's not um, outside of Orthodox Christianity. Then you believe that it was coming before the Holy Spirit, so this office needed to be replenished so the restoration for Israel could begin then. And then the office or the, the foundations, the 12 foundations you read in Revelation, would be the apostles. So this is why it becomes an important thing to talk about, though we can disagree. Amen? Because Scripture talks about it. So we've got to figure out, well, if there's 13 apostles according to the office, then we have to figure out how that plays out in the rest of Revelation. So Peter takes this very seriously that they need to fill this office. The Scripture talked about it. Someone needs to fill it. But his whole point was that one of these men must become with us a witness. Because God's will was for His people to go and witness and be witnesses of the resurrection that He was going to send the power and they were going to go do the work. And they were trusting in this process that God's will was going to be done. And indeed, church, it was and is and will continue to happen. God's will triumphs everything. So part of the process is us doing our work. Doing our part. As we've been commissioned by God to go out, we need to go out. As we've been told by God that we need to talk to Him, we need to talk to Him. As we've been told by God we need to read and meditate and delight in His Word, we need to read, meditate, and delight in His Word. One of these men must become with us a witness to His resurrection. Verse 23, and they put Joseph and Matthias before them. And then they prayed. So this process is, is starting to, to happen again. It goes back to point number one, that they're praying, right? And said, you, Lord, who know the hearts of all, which is an understanding from Scripture, not an understanding from man. So there's the proclamation again. Who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. You, God, let your will be done. We don't know what we're doing. But you, God, you do. So we're going to do this in faith that you are going to reveal who you want in this position for our good and for your glory and for the advancement of the kingdom and the gospel for all of the world. That these men were going to step forth and be witnesses. And it says in verse 26, and they cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. And it was nothing to do with Matthias. You see, the casting of lots was an Old Testament practice that was given to them by God to understand His will. To reveal His will for His people. So them doing this wasn't like a, hey, like we're playing a carnival game, you just got to throw the dart at one of the balloons and if you hit it, you hit it. Right? You don't, you don't. Just lug of the draw. This was God's will. This was something they understood that God was going to reveal His will, who He wanted to take over in this office. And again, it doesn't matter if you think it should have been Matthias, if you think it should have been Paul. The importance is, is that we as God's people would desire His will. If Peter got it wrong, Peter didn't have the wrong intention. You see, so often we have the wrong intention. We'll leave God aside because we think we know what's best for God. And we don't. 
He leans in, leans in to his understanding of the Scriptures through his communication with God. And he leans into the attribute of God and his sovereignty. And I truly believe, church, that if God didn't want that to happen, God had the power not to let it happen. That lot could have not fallen on anyone. Because I know that God's will will come and play itself out. Now you can again make the argument, it did play out. And it did. No matter what the church advanced, but today for us, are we seeking God's will? Do we even desire God's will? Because the difficult thing for us is that God's will is for us to be changed, not conformed into the world, but into the likeness of God. Don't be conformed to the world, but to the, the renewing of your mind so that you can discern the will of God. But if we're continuing to lean on our understanding, our own understanding, then we're always going to end up with broken, messed up results. But if we lean into God, it may take some correction, but it's going to play out for our good and for His glory. Ben, you can go ahead and come back up here. Church, we trust God. We know God's plan is working out. Part of the process is us getting up and being diligent to do the work that we've been called to do. To pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. For for everything to play out according to God and His purpose for His glory. So when we're making decisions in our life, are we thinking God really doesn't have a say in that? Are we thinking God really doesn't have much to contribute to that? God doesn't understand my poverty. God doesn't understand my riches. God doesn't understand anything about me. When God has in fact put you in that position so that you would lean on Him and understand Him, whether it be in your riches or your poverty, whether it be in your good times or your bad times, that you would lean on Him and seek His will. Always. God's people desire God's will. And we should seek it out every day in our life as we leave here this morning that we'd be praying, God, what is Your will? Maybe Your will is, is for me to, to join this church family. Maybe it's for me to, to get the heck out of Dodge and, and go find a new church family. Maybe it's for me to, to move overseas and be a, a missionary. You know, see, it, it's, it's because of our lack of prayer and our lack of proclamation and devotion to God's Word that we don't really know and have a sense of direction because we're not going to God with our problems, with our prayers, with our praises, with our requests. We're not turning to His Word. We're not fellowshipping with one another. But let us turn this year around and not only seek God's will in our life, but seek God's will together as a church family, encouraging one another in God's Word so that we could glorify God Himself. Let's pray. Father God, we praise You. Praise You so much for, for You and for Your plan. Guys, I even think about just this, this passage. Knowing how much we can screw things up. God, I, I pray that we would have the heart of, of, of Peter. Maybe in our moments, acting impulsively. But God, I pray that in all that we do, in everything we do, we would be seeking Your will. Devoted to it. 
correcting us when we're wrong. God, I pray that you would correct us. I pray that we as brothers and sisters would lift one another up when, when we could say, hey, I told you so. I didn't think that was a part of God's will. But we'd be there to love one another and encourage one another in your word. God, in doing so, that you would receive the glory. God, we are, we are made to glorify you. So why would we not seek your will? I pray that you would show that to me. Why is it that we don't seek your will? Convict us of that this morning. Convict me, please. And show me and us the way this morning that, that we need to change and, and begin to, to communicate with you more. To read from your word more. And to trust the process. Not just expecting it to happen. Oh, it's just going to happen. We don't have to do anything. But God, that you would set a fire in our hearts, God. That we would, we would desire more of you, God. That we would, we would long to, to go out and to, to be the feet that carry this good news to all of creation. God, thank you for placing us here this morning. Thank you for placing us in whatever home you've given to us. God, and I pray that we would be a light there, praying for our neighbors praying for one another, reading from your word by ourselves and with one another, and giving you the glory while seeking your will. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.